and her face trembling as it flickers between a smile of determination that she wants to put up and the depressed frown that her heart is actually <laughs> trying to show the world trying to maintain her composure and and soldier on she falters she has her voice cracked and she tries to suppress the tears of the character of what's going on it's like come on i'm just trying to make it by here and, and nobody's listening to me second episode of the 20 digit scene review podcast my name is david and i have here alex and like every other episode we will be reviewing two scenes one uh, that i will pick and one that alex will pick this week i will start uh this episode or this scene i rather is less violent <laughs> than the, the, uh, the one i picked last week it's actually uh um, Disney. So um, I believe it's a Pixar film, actually. I'm not 100% yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, okay. It's Pixar. okay. Uh, so it's up. Up. And um, I remember very distinctly when uh, I watched the scene. It's the beginning sequence. It's, it's actually coined uh, the married life sequence. And it, um, there's a bit of context at the beginning when, um, when the two pair, uh, Ellie and Carl, are kids and they meet and they couldn't be any more different, I should say. Ellie is energetic, uh, full of energy, um, full of life. Not to say that Carl isn't, but he's just more muted, doesn't say much. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll just take you through the sequence here. So Ellie aspires at the end there of that of them being kids. She, she she makes him promise to take her to Paradise Falls, which is in South America, actually Venezuela, Venezuela to be exact. And then you know, fast forward many years later, they marry, and it goes through just this beautiful montage sequence, unspoken. Um, it is probably one of the best opening sequences I could remember. Um, it's very difficult to do a sequence like this unspoken to tell a story pro uh, well. And it goes through uh, their happy life together, uh, their um, desire to have kids, um, picnics on the hill, uh, and they get their the baby room all ready. And, and then at this point, the music is very uplifting. Uh, it's a waltz, um, old, very classic music as well, more uh, old school. Uh, and at the point where things turn is when just through, again, through imagery, uh, it's revealed that Ellie cannot have kids. And at that point, that's the first time you see Ellie at a, uh, in a saddened state, not happy, not energetic. And it's at that point that Carl steps in and he reminds her of their dream, of her dream to go to Paradise Falls. And so they have a, a, a jar where they save up money to go. Uh, but every time they, they save money, the life gets in the way. Uh, flat tire, uh, roof uh, issues with the house, so on and so forth. So fast forward many years later, um, and he realizes that they've completely forgotten about that promise, that goal. And then but unfortunately it's too late and she gets sick and um, there's a scene at the hospital and it's uh, unfortunately she passes and there's a funeral scene at the end. 
anyway, I, I think that the, the reason I picked this sequence is that it, uh, from an emotional impact perspective, it's, it's tremendous. Uh, it really sets the tone. It really put, brings you uh, under the lens of Carl. If you don't have that opening scene, you don't have the context, you don't have the context of Ellie, and it serves uh, a huge difference in terms of how that uh, movie starts and evolves. Uh, having that lens instead of just having a grumpy old guy, you really get to see it from his perspective. So anyway, I, I thought it would bring this one and talk a little bit about it just because, again, the, the music sequence and the, the collection of imagery is, is one of the best I've seen. So I don't know what your thoughts are, Alex, but nice, nice. Yeah, um, it was cool, and my uh, your your points are well made and stuff, and and yeah, they 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 use the music to kind of um, evoke memory from people who I guess um, are of the of the particular generation that they're trying to, like the mid nineteen hundreds or something, right? Right. Um, right. And and so they're showing that so that as it would contrast with what's going to happen in a later movie, which is more modern day. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not much else. Uh, I don't know what else I uh, could say further. It is, it, yeah. it is good. I agree. It's, um, it, it is good to get that. Um, I guess that the modern term is backstory on, yeah. Yeah. on the, t- or at least the, on Carl. Um, so what's interesting is that I, I find that modern, uh, modern stories actually do that later. So instead of revealing the, the backstory right at the beginning, uh, I find that more modern story writing actually does it later, and it, mm-hmm. it it's just as impactful actually because you uh, once that reveal happens, then everything just starts like it just provides that much more context and it's that much more powerful when you realize it later. Uh, this this was also this was done in two thousand and nine, so a little bit older film, but it really sets the stage uh, extremely well. So it, it really was uh, something that that struck me as one of the best opening sequences I could remember, especially when it's unspoken. It's very difficult to tell a story properly and well in that kind of sequence like that. Uh, and, I, and again, just talking about the music further, again, I really like the uses of non-like pauses of music uh, to emphasize a certain point. So the point where he realizes they've gotten old and they didn't actually go to Paradise Falls, that the music stops. Right, so it slows down and stops, mm-hmm. and then it, it starts going up again when he tries to get a ticket uh, to do a last-minute trip, and then of course the music kind of falls back down, and the same sort of thing happens when the reveal happens that she cannot have kids. So it's uh, it's yeah. very well timed, very well done, and again not over uh, over uh, scored or. Uh, sound sound production you know there's not too much sound production going on there just enough to make it effective yeah yeah i agree yeah so anyway that was my pick for this week and hopefully others enjoyed it too it's it's a tearjerker i thought so i thought i'd uh put that one yeah, on the no, table. definitely definitely quite touching and it, it was effective how um it covered a lot of you know, in terms of the, the timeline of the characters' lives, years and years, but compressed in. But you, right. you, it was it was done so that you could get um, all of the the gist of of the key the key the key events and and I guess how it shaped his his uh, right. his characters. So it's yeah, very it difficult fun. to develop to 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 portray or show the um, the relationship like that. 
in such a compressed, as you say, time period, like little subtle scenes where he's holding her hand, they go to picnics, mm-hmm. they're just staring at the clouds. Like you, you, you immediately get a sense of their relationship uh, in a very short period of time. That's extremely difficult to do without saying anything too, right? So it's, uh, and I, I really like the way they showed the uh, passage of time with the ties. So, you know, this, you know, he's, they're getting ready to go to work, which is the zoo. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's just a you know, tie, 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 and it's a new tie, different ties. And that just shows the passage of time. And, you know, quite frankly, you and I both know this very, very well being older now, like what, what just happened <laughs> in, the last, <laughs> in the last 20 years. And it's, it's a very real, right. It's a very real raw sequence. And that's, I think that's what, what's so lovable about it, actually, because it, it's real. It, it happens to everybody. Uh, for those don't, you know, that famous Ferris Bueller uh, <laughs> comment when you don't stop and look around once in a while, you know, things will just pass pass you by so quickly, right? So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, it's bittersweet for sure, because he, he promised her to take the Paradise Falls and he never goes, right? So that's... Uh, that's very real. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. So let's look. What, what was your picture? Right. Okay. So for this episode, um, we're, I'm taking everyone to a series on Netflix. Uh, and it's actually also on uh, CBC. Um, you can find it online. It's called Anne with an E. Um, so this is the, uh, like a lot of Canadians, of course, know of, have heard of Anne Green Gables by Lucia. Um, Martin Montgomery, I think it is. Um, the, the novel series, and then it, it in the uh, 80s, 90s, it was done as a TV series. But this is the modern one, and done in like 2018, 2019 or so. Um, it's three seasons. So we're, I'm zeroing in on um, season one, episode two. Um, the particular scene starts at the 1920 mark. Um, but, you know, for our audience, if you want to get um, even better context or to get into the moment more, watch as much as you can early on, like if you can from the beginning of the uh, episode. Okay, so the context of the scene here, before I start talking about the actual scene itself, is even from the end of episode one, we have um, Matthew and Muriel Cuthbert. Um, they've just uh, recently adopted and brought her to their home. Um, and so this, the, I guess the, the spark of the whole next half hour, practically, of, of, of the series is that they mistakenly think that Anne has stolen something, um, something precious, like an heirloom of some sort. Um, and because of this, they misjudge her character that uh, mm-hmm. that she's a thief or not a good person, and they 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 resolve to send her back to the orphanage. You know, despite her um, uh, trying to to uh, object and, and and plead her innocence about about the whole thing about her character, even. But but they don't believe her, and so there's that, and uh, off she goes. She's uh, taken by by cart over to um, the orphanage, which is quite distant. Um, carry on forward a little more time in the scene and um marilla later actually finds the missing item and so you know huh. camera shows her expression and matthew's expression they're both mortified that what mm-hmm. have we done we, we yeah. have mistakenly accused her and now she's gone um and so uh cut to the scene of uh, matthew is, is just on full gallop on horseback trying to go get her okay so that that's the end of um, episode one carry on into episode two um literally for like the first 18 minutes of episode two, it's just scene after scene of Matthew is portrayed traveling all this long distance because wherever they are in Avonlea, I think that they're saying the orphanage is over in Charlottetown. Okay, so it's 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 easily at least a day's travel, if not more than that. Um, um, 
and he's going through all manner of trouble and sacrifice, like hitching rides, um, pawning off objects of his just mm. to get fair, to go on a ferry, thing after thing after thing. Mm. It's, it, they're just um, depicting clearly Matthew's just determined and, you know, he really is with desperation, wants to go find her and just, you know, meet up with her and explain everything and just get her back. Okay, so um, getting towards the scene where uh, that I'm going to talk about, Matthew at 1830, he's, he arrives at the orphanage um, and inquires about her, only to be told, well, no, she, she never showed up. We, I, I remember her, but she's not here. I don't know what you're talking about, kind of thing. And, you know, you can see on the, Matthew's face, his spirits are crushed, and he's like, he doesn't know what else to do anymore. He's about to give up. Uh, but finally, a glimmer of hope arises as just by chance, he bumps into someone who had seen Anne in an earlier scene. And so now, um, at this point, scene at 1920, so they're showing Anne is in a train station, and she's reciting a poem to strangers. Uh, um, and I'll have in our show notes the, the particular poem. Um, and she, was, she accepts money from them, and then she looks around. The area is depicted as uh, crowded and bustling in the train station. So for a few moments, um, while nobody's looking at her, her countenance uh, betrays her true state, which is she's weary and battered by what life has thrown her way in these past few days. Like she's literally an orphan again um, because she had gone to the orphanage, but she was about to go in. But just all the memories of all the bad things that had happened to her makes her turn around. She doesn't even go in. And that's why she wasn't there when Matthew tried to go get her. Um, so back at the train station, she musters the strength to put up, you know, a fake pleasant demeanor and tries to continue to appeal to more strangers to just collect money in exchange for a recitation of, of poetry and whatnot. Um, they show person after person just turning her away, disinterested. Um, and at this point now, it's, it's building up. And although Anne is trying to maintain her composure and, and soldier on, she falters. And I like this part because the actress, uh, Amy Beth McNulty, is playing the scene very well at this point. Because um, she's the actress, her, her, she has her voice cracked and she tries to suppress the tears of the character um, of, of what's going on. That she's just like, come on, I'm just trying to make it by here and, and nobody's listening to me kind of thing. Um, and her face trembling as as it, it flickers between a smile of determination that she wants to put up and but the between that and the depressed frown that her heart is actually trying to 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 show the world so uh, moving on in the scene and tries one more time to proposition some more strangers but this time the, someone actually agrees and, and gives her some some money and then so she begins um launches into reciting a sonnet with with great passion and drama and a smile because she's she's finally got someone to to listen to her so as she proceeds camera's showing other shots of the train station and um at this point matthew is seen in the background uh, while while her recitation is going in the audio uh among the crowd uh in the distance and he calls to her but she doesn't notice that first so he's approaching um and make shouldering his way through and it's like and it's like calling out to her finally she sees him um but and this surprised me when i watched this at first actually but in, you would sus you would suspect um both would be really happy to see each other because you know that it's just a reuniting but the way they, they wrote the script it was it was kind of neat where she at first actually doesn't respond to him um positively she could she actually brushes him aside tries to continue the recitation with the strangers um and the strangers at this point are are feeling uncomfortable because 
just look like a, you know a personal confrontation is happening here and and so they're just uncomfortable in their table they thank Anne and and they, they go on their way so now the scene is just matthew and Anne um really confronting one another uh matthew tries to explain this you know misunderstanding and apologize but really the the pain and the trauma of the ordeal of, of having been rejected she's already an orphan but then and she thought she could have a home but then she was rejected again so i guess the, the script is that the, the pain and trauma of this has become, caused Anne to become bitter and closed to once she sees Matthew, so she doesn't respond. Um, so he kind of confronts her more, uh, saying, he's come all this way. Uh, don't you want to, you know, come home and this and that? Um, and then finally, so the scene is climaxing. Their voices are climaxing at this point. And she's saying, well, you know, uh, you you guys didn't want me. And she's saying this, this and that. And, but he tries to insist, no, they, they, we do, we do. Uh, at this, and ultimately, it uh, comes to the point where Anne actually literally shouts at Matthew in public, camera wide shot, and to show that the reaction of strangers, like, well, what just happened, kind of thing. Um, and then finally, we get to the ultimate climax of the scene. A stranger asks, gets up and asks, uh, Miss, is this man bothering you? Matthew says, uh, No, 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 we're fine. Um, and Anne actually indignantly says, Yes, this man is indeed bothering me. And then Matthew says, No. We're fine. And then the final pinnacle line, she's my daughter, right? And then music slowly begins. We have a close-up of Anne slowly turning to look at him. Their eyes meet. You can tell on Anne's gaze that she's desperately seeking confirmation. Like, what did you say? Is, is that true? And, and Matthew's smiling face affirms her, yes, it's that's the truth. And they're not exchanging words at this point. And then Anne's defenses crumble and her tears just break through the dam of, of the mask of strength that she was struggling to put on. And she jewels over to Matthew and clings to him like the innocent, fragile child that life didn't let her be. Wide shot, um, camera comes slowly going up and the music slows and cut. And I, I really loved the scene because I remember the first time I watched it, it was, you know, it's, I love this kind of kind of uh, drama and and stuff that hits the heart and, and it's it's really neat. Yeah, no, thanks for that. I think that uh, just by means of context for the uh, for the audience, I think it's worth noting that, um, and I think you explained it after, but Anne was an orphan that was adopted and then she was kicked out essentially. So, I think by means of context, I think that. Uh, that that actually wasn't for me when I was looking at it. It wasn't. I didn't recall that, but then just ser memory served well because the Anne of Green Gables is a is a popular uh, mm -hmm. Canadian tale. So I, I did get that. I think the first thing that that struck me about the scene was the production value of the of the show. I didn't realize that that uh, it's actually very good. Uh, the camera shots, the lighting, costumes, and so forth. So um, I didn't realize that. Uh, they put that kind of effort and, 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 and power behind the show, which is great, uh, especially for such a, a Canadian classic like that. Uh, so that's one thing that really stuck with me because I didn't, I didn't I th you know, when I think CBC, unfortunately, sometimes I don't necessarily think it's the best production value, but it was actually very, very good. I think that um, the desperation in that scene was very apparent. So I I, saw, I echo those thoughts that you mentioned there. It's uh, it definitely hit me, um, and there's nothing worse than a child's desperation. There really isn't. And the actress did a wonderful job. Um, and you know the cuts too of of her trying to muster that strength was uh, 
very well done. So, um, but yeah, no, it's an excellent scene for sure. I would say, I mean, the, the, the kicker of course is his admission that you know, you're my daughter. So I think that, uh, who, who can't think that as a touching moment when you have a father yep. and a daughter, right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're both fathers of daughters. So I think that's, yeah. that's why it hits, a, it's home a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely any kind of father daughter stuff in movies. It, I always, I always think of the, your own family and then it lets you, or you get into it more. Or it, it touches you more. It means more to you. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. That kind of stress uh, for a child, trauma, as you say, is, is, you know, it's, 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 it's especially hard for kids more so than say, you know, an adult and it stays for you for a long time. So, you know, us being older, we, we kind of see that probably um, in that scene for sure. It's hard to see sometimes. Not sometimes, all the time, but uh, in this case, definitely. <laughs> what I mean is that uh, it's it's tough to see for sure. So thanks for nice. bringing that. That was good. No, yeah. it's good. A little bit more uh, of a somber uh, theme, I guess. We both uh, selected uh, yeah, yeah more uh, on the sad end of things, um, which was uh, last week was a little bit more a lot different, which is good. I think it's uh, we'll, yep. we'll switch yep. it up again. Next week, I have a few in mind and look forward to hearing what you have for next week, too. Yep. Okay. Okay. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we hope to have you on the next one. Take care. Thanks for listening. You can email us at scenereview at 20digit.com and find us on YouTube by searching for 20digit productions. And we're 20digit on Twitter and Instagram. Note that our website and all our online IDs are spelled with numbers, 20-D-I-G-I-T. Thanks for listening to the 20-Digit Scene Review Podcast.